Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? This is Jimmy Pax, and you're listening to the incomparable Lena Jones on the Lena Jones Morning Sparkle. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. Good morning. I just love that. <laughs> How's everyone doing this morning? Um, this is uh, Lena Jones, and this is the LJ Morning Sparkle show. This is a different kind of show. This show, it talks about biblical scriptures uh, and compares them with situations that may be going on in our lives and the purpose of that is to get a better understanding as to why things are and um, how God can fit into the situations that we go through because sometimes the Bible could be a little bit hard to understand and some people look at the Bible differently because it's compared to um, uh, as comparison to what's going on in our lives today, because the Bible is very old, um, and uh, people don't see that it compares to their lives today. And me, with me, I do it because it gives me a better understanding. <laughs> Some things that I don't understand, and in in order to try to live right, you have to. You got to understand and not saying that I don't get it from the preacher because because I do, but I I don't know how to to explain it. <laughs> I I get it from the preacher, but I just need to get things a little bit more closer to where I am <laughs> in my life, in my situations and things of that sort. So I hope it helps and inspires you in some way. We have been reading from the book of Esther for the past, uh, I think this is week number three now, from Esther, where Esther is a short book, and I actually thought that I can get through this in um, two shows, in two episodes, but I can't. There's just no way um, to get through it within an hour's long and play music and things of that sort, so it, it's not... Um, not going as as fast as I thought it would go. But we are definitely going to be out of it <laughs> next week. Not that I'm rushing it because I can't rush it. But uh we we will definitely be um out of it next week. This will be the last one I'm 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 looking for a particular song that I wanted to play and I don't see it. I don't see it. So I like to play a song before I go, before I start. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm going to, let's play Perfect People. I think that's a good start. Okay. Um, yeah. Play I Need You. Go. I'll be back. Feeling lonely, this world got a way of showing me.
shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me when I'm beat down, broken. Hold my heart when it's split wide open. Turn these eyes to my soul protector and break the will of this born inspector. Toby Mack, <clears throat> his song is I Need You. I love Toby Mack, um, as well as all the artists whose music that I play here on the show. Uh, I ask that you continue to pray. Pray for others and um, pray for me. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I've been going through some things in my life. I've been going through some things with my show, my programs, and things like that. Just kind of rethinking things. Because the thing about it, people are just not appreciative. They are not appreciative of anything that you do. And it's it's hard for me sometimes. It's hard for me to continue to want to. I did this for a reason. And uh, I really, truly have to pray and ask God lots of times, why am I doing this? Because the people are so... Mm, People can just be cruel, and, and I'm pretty sure you, you, you go through that with something or someone in your life. But uh, let's go let's go ahead to uh, Esther now, just to give a rundown in case you're new to the show. By the way, I didn't find that song. <laughs> I was still looking for it, and I didn't find it. Um, we were at the part where uh, Mordecai is pretty much, he was deemed a hero. Because he had found out about a plot to kill King Ahasuerus. <laughs> and um, he told Esther, Esther told the king, and the king uh, killed the people who wanted to, had him, he had them hung. And Mordecai is pretty much a hero right now. Uh, he was, his deeds was written in the book of Chronicles, uh, right there in the presence of the king. So even though he didn't get any any position or anything out of it, he got looked at as in the king's eyes as someone who he can trust. And it's it's good to know that you can trust someone. And that's pretty much where the king is with Mordecai. He feels that he can trust him now. So Mordecai is happy about that. And then comes then Hammond comes along who is uh of the descendants of the Amalekites who is an enemy of the Jews because of Saul, Saul who was the first king of Israel, 
went to war with the Amalekites by God's command. He told them, go get the land, kill everybody in the land. The king, uh, Agag, <laughs> Agag, was a part of Hammond's descendants, and he was killed. And so it's just been something that they just don't like um, the the Jews. So here's Hammond who got promoted. You know, he got promoted to a position of authority, and he expected everyone to to pay him that respect, to bow down. When he came in, when his presence was there, he expected to get this type of respect. And uh, Mordecai did not give him that respect. He would not bow down to him. So it was told by, told to friends, not friends, but uh, Mordecai, his friends asked him, or his people around him, it doesn't necessarily say friends, why don't you bow down to Mordecai? He had nothing to say. So they went back and they told Mordecai. Sometimes your friends are not can be your worst enemies, and in this in this case, that's what they did. But see, God puts things in place. That uh, that was that's one of the main morals of the stories is that God puts certain things in place. He's always working behind the scenes for us. Now, when we talked, we talked about uh, the Hammonds in our lives, uh, in your life, racism. If you know someone is prejudiced. That's a Hammond because that's what Hammond is. Basically, he don't like the Jews. He don't like the Jews. He don't um, want anything to do with it. Kind of like Hitler. Hitler was a Hammond. A Hammond is a person in a higher position or uh, was promoted and higher than yours. There could be amongst your friends. They could be the people that live on your block. You have Hammond, these are the people that expect to be treated differently because they are in some type of social status. They feel that they're better than you. And then you have people who are not in a social status who feel like they're better than you simply because of the color of their skin. They feel that they have, you owe them some something, you owe them some type of respect. I mean, we should respect everyone, but these are the people that, that want you to go above and beyond because of who they are. It can be your boss. Uh, it could be um, it could be someone who graduated from school and you didn't graduate or they have a better job and they feel that they're more educate more educated than you. Um, these are type of prejudices. So Hammond, when I think of Hammond, I think more of it identifies with prejudices people who who feel that they they deserve something from another person just because they are who they are no one deserves that no one you don't bow down to anyone especially uh when they when they want it that way it's hard i bow down to a lot and actually i need to stop <laughs> doing it because people don't respect that. People are more respectful if you are uh, straightforward with with them. And I shouldn't say that I bow down. I do try to be straightforward. I try to be straightforward in a humble way. But not everybody respects that. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty with people. <laughs> so that's just an example of the Hammonds in in your life. So we're going to pick it up from there. So now that uh, Mordecai's associates have told, went back and told Hammond that that what Mordecai, how Mordecai doesn't want to bow down to him, and, and I think I missed something. I think he did give a reason why. But so Mordecai, so Hammond is he's upset right now. He is fuming. He's he's bothered by the fact that that this is happening. So his main goal is to get rid of Mordecai. But see, he doesn't just want to get rid of Mordecai. He wants to annihilate the whole race of people. That's it. He he wants to get get all of them. So he can't just go to the king. He has to be clever. 
and calculated on what he's going to do. How do you talk to someone to get them to get rid of a whole race of people? I mean, besides our president, <laughs> he is, that is my, one of my comparisons to modern day. Um, to try to just get rid of a whole a whole race of people. So what he does is he comes up with this uh this lie to that he says to the king and this is where I'm going to read it from the scripture. Okay, I'm going to I'm starting in Esther 3. I'm going through 2 through uh no <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to eight. I'm going to eight through twelve. You have to excuse me, I'm a little razzled this morning. So eight through twelve says Hammond said to the king, the king Has Ahasuerus, there's a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the province of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other people, and they do not keep the king's law. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. If it pleases the king, let a decree be written written, that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, son and the son of Hamathada the Agitite, which is Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And and the king said to Haman, the money and the people are given to you to do with them as it seems good to you. Yes. So now he has told him about he has told them about a certain people that's not that's not uh respecting him. He they don't respect him. And of course, we're looking at the type of king. He doesn't say that they're Jewish. He doesn't tell them what type of particular people they are he tells them he tells him that there's a certain people see he's sneaky he's very sneaky because he wants to get rid of all of them and he's willing to pay now some people will do anything for money some people will sell their own mama will put their own mama away (laughs) so uh they don't care just for the money. They'll go ahead and give them away. And that's what he knows. He knows that some people do it for $10,000, which in today's world is nothing. You can go do $10,000 in less than an hour. Some people even quicker. So, But back in, in those days, that was a lot of money, and he needed the king's permission. In order to pull off that deed, he can't he can't do it without the king's permission. So he has to go do something. He has to tell a lie. He has to say that. Now, uh, in biblical times, there's no way you can get away with disrespecting the king. Now, this is a king who got rid of his first queen because she didn't respect him by coming and showing herself to his drunken friends and himself during the party in the beginning of the book, Queen Vashti. I got to make sure I said that right. (laughs) This is that type of king who does not like to be disrespected. That's that's not good. He don't like to be disobeyed, and he don't like to be disrespected. So what he does, um, he asks his friends to get rid of what should they do about the Queen Vashti. He remember he went to his friends the council and asked them what should they do and they said to get rid of the Queen. That's how uh Esther came into place. So here it is now, he's being told that it's another group of people 
the disrespecting him and disobeying him. King goes follows the advice of Haman, who wants to destroy the Jews, and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and get rid of them because they're disrespecting me. And now in in today's society, I mean, during a biblical time, you couldn't disrespect the king. You could not. You disrespected the king. It was death automatically, automatically, as compared to today where where um, people disrespect the president all the time. <laughs> I mean, here and abroad, people are disrespecting the president all the time on TV, in other countries. Now, I'm pretty sure if Trump had his way, he would get rid of everyone that disrespects him because he tweets about it. He doesn't like that. But in during the biblical days, you couldn't do that. You could not disrespect a king and get away with it. You were, That's it. You're you're dead. You're, how, they, how they say on Shark Tank, you're dead to me. That's it. So that's uh, what's going on right there. All will always um, also said something that caught the king's eye. And that is about the money. Now, even though he, even though he says to the king that he's going to give him $10,000 at 10,000 talents to the treasury. So the king sees how he can profit off of this. Okay. The king is saying to think it to himself Okay, he's going to get rid of the re- the rebellion in the kingdom. All the rebellious people are going to be gone. You know, that's a good thing. This is in the king's mind. And he's going to get money to his national treasury because it's going to be Hammond's money. Hammond is going to pay this. So Hammond has to be wealthy, right? He's going to pay this. But the king's not just looking at what Hammond's going to, going to pay. He's looking at what he's going to get from the booty. <laughs> he's looking at, okay, he kills all these people to get whatever they own. Whatever they lo- own belongs to the kingdom, belongs to him. So he's looking at it from uh, that point of view too. Not just at Hammond's little measly 10 talents. He's looking at the bigger picture here. Now, um, in today's society, Looking at the rebellious part where he says he's going to get rid of uh, the people. So he comes up with the suggestions and he he thinks this is going to help. Now, we in today's society, we can say we can look at it as passing the law. So he gets his law passed. Let's go to the law that he passed first. And here I'm going to go to, um, we're going to start with 12. It says, the king's scribes were called on the 13th day of the month, and a decree was written according to all Haman commanded, to the king's satraps, to the governors who were all over the province, to the officials, to all the people, to every province, to every people in their language, in the name of King Ahasuerus. It was written with the king's signet ring. And the letters were sent by carriers to all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all of the Jews. This is the letter that Haman had written. <laughs> yeah. Um, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, on the 13th day of the 12th month. Now he, this man is so disgustingly devious. He wants a whole race of people to be killed in a day. He's not even giving it over time. He's giving it a day. Let's, let's pick a day. He picked the 13th day of the 12th month. For us, it would be December the 13th. Now I'm kind of thinking that's where that uh, Friday the 13th thing. That's how it even came to be, because, 
you know, we have a thing that Friday the 13th is always supposed to be uh, bad luck and things of that sort. So maybe that's where it stems from because he wanted all of these people dead in one day. And it was the 13th day of the month, which to us is December. A copy of the document was to be issued in every province, being published for all people so that they would be ready for that day. The couriers went out, hastened by the commands and decree, and was proclaimed in Shushan, Shushan and the Citadel. So King and Hammond sat down to drink to their to uh to this new decree that was passed. So they, hey, we're celebrating. We're going to kill us a whole bunch of people in a day. That's a lot of bloodshed. So in today's society, there are laws that protect a certain amount of people, but it's not good for other ones. And one of those is would be the handguns. The handguns. The handguns... Uh, the uh, the IRA, the ARA, well, they feel that people have the right to protect themselves according to the Constitution. So, hey, let everyone have the guns so that they can protect their families. But what's going on is that the people are using guns to kill each other. They're using guns to kill innocent people, innocent uh, children, families, a whole congregation of of people and churches, people are using that. So not all the time when a decree is passed or a law, good of the people. It only benefits 1% of that that person. And, of course, as the king, he sees it. He's not looking at that. He doesn't He doesn't care. He's, he's a king. Just like a lot of things that I feel that the president does, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what, who it affects because he wants them done. So that's just an idea. Of, of of laws that are passed, you have laws in today's society where they're cutting programs for minorities, for senior citizens, to add more money to the to our treasure so we can spend more money on uh, military, drilling stuff to mess up our in, environment for oil, uh, just things that affect the people negatively, without thought. So that, I mean, that is my comparison with this decree that goes on in today's society. Now, have you ever met people that are so indignant just because you won't acknowledge their presence in a room outside of the president? At least President Trump is out in the open with it. Some people are so indignant because they got a little position, because they're in a little um, – they're wherever they want to be. They expect people to respect him. They are so indignant, and they're because he's doing all of this all because of this man not bowing down to him. And you have people out there that will do this. I mean, if this was happening in this day, and and you could kill a bunch of people, a particular set of people, you know, you'd have every redneck in town in their backyards. In their homes, plotting with all of their guns, who they're going to kill. But see, in today's society, the people who they're plotting to kill got just as many guns. So it'll just be gunfight at the OK Corral, which it seems like it is sometimes in today's world when you read the news. They're shooting at each other openly. They don't care who's in the way. Let's just shoot up each other. It's not just gang violence anymore. It's just people violence. So... Sometimes our government can pass things that are not necessarily good for the people. And this one was a bad one. This one was to kill everyone, and they're going to pay you to kill anybody. Kind of like that uh, that movie. What's I don't have anyone in here with me to tell me what that movie is. And with me, I have so many different things going through my mind all at one time. I don't remember stuff until it's uh, where it's like a judgment day where they could uh, – they give a uh, law to pass where the the police is not going to arrest anyone for 24 hours and they can kill whoever they want to. That's what this is like. I would not be surprised if they took that movie theme out of the Bible. See, nothing 
nothing, time repeats itself. So what's going on today is what's going on, has happened in biblical times. In biblical times, this is what's going on. This is before the birth of Christ. This is the Old Testament that I'm reading for. This is the type of violence that was okay, okayed by the government. Our government gives guns to people. It gives guns to people who will kill each other over this disrespect thing. You got, you know, young black men that kill each other over disrespect. Oh, he disrespected me. How did he disrespect you? You don't disrespect me. (laughs) So they're killing each other over nonsense, just over nonsense. And some people will kill their mama just to make a fast dollar. You know, they'll kill their, they'll kill anyone just to make $10,000, which is nothing in today's society. Those are the people who need to back, be back in biblical times where that meant something. But today, society, $10,000 is nothing. Some people would not think twice about it. There's some heartless people out there. There's no, it's no different. Okay. So the decree was passed to kill the Jews in one day, the 13th. Let's kill everybody one day. Mother, sister, father, brother, doesn't it doesn't matter. Now the Jews haven't lied because the Jews weren't they were not doing anything that they weren't supposed to do. The Jews were obedient. They were actually obedient. They didn't they not looking to ruffle any feathers. They had already been through so much. Israel and the Judah tribe had been carried away into captivity by Assyria and Babylon. And then the Babylonians were conquered by by the Medeas, the Midianites, and Persia. So the Jews who originally went to Babylon under captivity is now under Persia's rule. They're not looking to um they're not looking to do anything. That's not what their purpose is. They're, that's not what their purpose is. So now So now here we are with, uh, I was looking at something that I didn't read, but I read it. So now we are, Mordecai, he hears about this. I'm not not laughing at the story. I have laughter as a default, and sometimes it's not a good thing. So Mordecai, he heard about this, and he goes off. He just falls to pieces. Here it is in chapter 4. It says, when Mordecai learned all that has happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes. And he went into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud, bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king command and decree arrived, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, wailing, and laying of sackcloth of their clothes. That's one of the things that uh, that happened um, during those days. That was sackcloth was kind of like a ritual uh, for uh, the, the Jewish people at that time. Now, if you compare to Today's society losing something if you can't understand why Mordecai is doing this, which is really pretty much self-explanatory why he's doing this. But for those who can't understand, just comparing it to today's society, okay? It's like losing a job that you were just promoted to uh, because you did not kiss your new bosses behind, that you did not bend over backwards. It's like you're devastated. You're devastated because you just got this new job. Everything is working for you. You probably even went and got you a new car, got yourself into some type of debt because you can afford it. And now you don't have a job anymore, merely because you did not bow down. You did not bend to people. You lost your loss of income. The government taking your social social security or your pension for that matter, you know, something that just takes you to your knees. This is how Mordecai was feeling when he heard this. Say you didn't bow down for your children. You stood your ground as a parent, and you didn't bow down for your children, and your child 
decided, okay, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And it comes back to you that your child died or something happened to your child because you did not bow down. This is what my comparison is in today's society. Now, they may be a little bit harsh, but I'm just trying to get you to understand and feel what Mordecai was feeling. Um, He was losing it. And he was losing it. He was not only was he going to lose his life, but he was going to lose everyone that was Jewish life, all because the one man didn't bow down. That's a decree of indignation. This is some indignant stuff that you're willing to go through those type of lengths because someone did not show respect to you. And you may know some people like that. Maybe they can't do all of this stuff. But it's still it's there are actually people like that in the world today. But even though even though we don't know, uh even though he's he's going through this, he doesn't know that God is still in control. He is still in control. It may look hopeless right now, but he is still in control. Job walked around with sores on him. He was he was a mess. Job was another mess, but uh, he did not realize that God is always working behind the scenes. That's one of the main things that we should uh, realize, that God is always working behind the scenes. So never think that you are you are alone, that you're going through something alone. Israel was God's chosen people. So he's going, he is going to look after his people right behind the scenes. So when things are, seems hopeless to you, when it seems like it's just something that you get ready to put your face in sackcloth and, and walk around, you're falling apart because things are falling apart in your life. You've just heard news that devastated you. And it's hard to hold on. It's hard to have faith in devastating situations. Some people, it doesn't even have to be that devastating for them to lose faith. It's a matter of holding on to your faith. And here is Melvin Marvin Sapp. In his song, his hands hold on to you. I'll be back. A lot of us in this house tonight, we're on the Father's wheel right now. And it's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. But we need to just take solace in the fact that even though it may not feel good right now, as long as I'm in his hands, I know that everything is going to be all right. Just touch somebody, look them in the face, and tell them I'm in his hands. Remember, just know he has 
his hands on you. That's a beautiful song. It really puts you at heart to know when things are completely out of control and and there's nothing you can do but rip your clothes, fall down on your knees, fall with tears, crying and, and weeping. God hears you. He hears you. He's there. He's there. Just keep the faith. Keep holding on. Just, just keep holding on. Now, uh, now Esther, now once uh now once Mordecai hears about this, okay, he rips his clothes, he's going through the city and all the provinces, all the Jews are crying right now. And wouldn't you cry? If you found out that you're going to die, not only just you, your whole family, this is what your government has done to you, it kind of puts you in the mind of what the 
Mexican people were thinking or how they felt when the government took their families, when the government took their children. I mean, it's enough to make you rip, your whole insides are ripping apart, and there's nothing you can do about it. God has to intercede. When there is nothing else left, you have to turn to him. So now, Esther hears about Mordecai. She hears that Mordecai is just going off. He She doesn't know that this degree is uh, passed yet. So she hears that Mordecai is just going through the, the city, the providence at the king's gate, just wailing. She wants to know what's wrong with her uncle. This is the man who raised her, who helped her get in the position that she is in today. She loves him. She want to know what's wrong with him. So now I'm going to pick up my reading from uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 5. Then Esther called Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her. And she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. Gate, And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasurers to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their for their destruction, giving which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king, make supplication to him, and plead before him for her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Now Esther says to Mordecai now Esther he she she wanted to know what's happening but that's not what she wanted to hear that's not what she wanted to hear she's like oh my god oh my god this is horrible this is horrible this is like the worst thing that uh, she could hear that's like the IRS (laughs) taking your money that's like you finding out you ain't got a paycheck Come Friday, and I know what's happened to some people. I know some people personally that it's happened to. You go to get your check, and you find out that the IRS done took your money. You done found out you're not getting nothing, and they're not only that, they're going to take it for the next six weeks. They don't care that your family can't eat. That's like uh, <laughs> telling your boss who who fired you because you didn't bow down to him. Um, they, that's not what they're trying to hear. That's not what anyone is trying to hear. So let's uh, continue reading. Then Esther spoke to Hathat and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and all the king people in the provinces, provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one whom the king holds the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. Told Mordecai Esther words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do you think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the Jews? For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But if you and your father's house, but if you and your father's house, but you and your father's house will perish, excuse me. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So he's saying, so she's, he's saying to her, this is. This is what you were there for. You know, we put you in that position for to better you and to have a, an ear for the king, for the Jewish the Jewish people. But it turns out that you are here to be our help rescue the Jews. 
to make supplication for your people, to talk to this man and tell him that this is not the right thing to do. So Esther's like, I don't want to do that. But she has to because he says the magic word. What makes you think that you're above everyone else? You're a Jew too. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy because you have some people that won't make supplication for another. You have, you know, uh, Hispanic people that won't speak out for another Hispanic person. You have uh, blacks that won't speak out for blacks. You have whites that won't speak out for whites when they know that something is wrong. That's like saying, hey, you know, go go, uh, <laughs> go talk to the IRS for me. You know, maybe your stuff ain't right. <laughs> you don't want to go to the, talk to the IRS. Neither do you want to talk to the boss. You know, go into the boss. The boss said, fire me. Go in there and make supplication for me. Go in there and tell him something nice about me because I can't lose my job right now. And your friend is telling you, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. Why? Because his hands may be dirty, too. He ain't trying to get his stuff caught. So he definitely ain't going to come in there and help you. And that's what Esther is feeling right now. Esther is just not walking out on faith. And in those days, you couldn't come into the inner court where the king was. Unless the king invited you to come, the rule was to put death, kill him. They they in my private space. They're in my private space. Kill them. I mean, right now people walk into the White House, uh, <laughs> uninvited. It's not tourists. It means harm. And what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to kill them. Kill them at sight. And even in biblical days, it was not. It was not very different. You could not come into the inner court. Esther can only come when the king summons her. She was not due to be summoned for another 30 days. So now you're asking her to go into the king's inner court. And Esther knowing that she could very well lose her life if she do this. But at the same time, she has to realize that, hey, hey, you're a, you know, um, I'm a Jew. This is. This is not just a Mordecai thing. This is a me thing. They're going to kill my whole bloodline. And they'd kill me. I have to do something. I have to stand up for myself. For myself. This does remind, things things like this remind me of um, when people don't stand up for self. When people don't stand up for themselves. There are people out there that has when it comes to racism, prejudices, and things of that sort. There are people out there that have blacks or Hispanics in their family. But they may not look it. But they won't stand for them. You won't stand. Because you think your stuff is is not going to be found out? Eventually it will. If they hate blacks, (laughs) even if you're 10% black, you're not pure. Make a stand. Make a stand for you people. Make a stand for what you believe in, even if it's not racism. If it's something that you are facing, face your fears. Step out on faith and face your fears. Just because all odds look like it's against you, everything is not against you. You never know. Like I said, God is working. He's working. So Esther says to uh, Mordecai, okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go and gather the Jews, the Jews who are present in Shushan, and gather them fast, and I don't want them to neither eat nor drink for three days and nights. She even had her maidens not eat for three days, eat or drink for three days and nights. So they can pray. And she's going to fast too. And she said, I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So she said, hey, I have to do this. I have to step out on faith. That right there to me is a powerful statement right there. If I perish, I perish. How many of us are afraid to, she doesn't want to go in there. She doesn't want to go in there. Because she knows there's a chance that uh, she could possibly die. She could possibly die by going in there. But she's 
she has to step out on faith on this. It has to be a faith thing that she steps out on. So this this lesson, this is my phone ringing like crazy. I thought everyone knew where I was at this time. Um, so this teaches us something about faith. Will she do it? Uh, will you? Will she do it? Uh, she has to. She has no other choice. She has no other choice but to do this. Esther is in the spot. She has to pray. She's a reluctant heroine. Most people think that fasting does too. Um, you fast for different things, and that this one, this fast, she needs an answer. She needs an answer, and she needs strength because she does not want to do this. She's reluctant, but having to do it anyway. How many of us have been in that position? that we are reluctant to do something, and we have to step out on faith. That's a powerful message by itself, stepping out on faith. Do you have it? Can you step out on faith when all things are against you? Can you step out on faith? And on that, we're going to end and pick it up next Wednesday as to the final conclusion on what happens after all this has gone on. Remember, to step out on your faith, you can fast, you can pray, you can tell everyone else to fast and pray for you, and you can just pray and talk to God. But how strong is our faith when it comes down to having to step out and do something that we're not comfortable with? May you all be blessed for the rest of your week. I will pray for you as as I ask you to pray for me <laughs> that I keep going and I'm able to continue to do the things that I do. And uh Step out on faith. And I'm going to end this with a song from, and I had it right in front of me. I had a song from uh, from Torrin Wells, actually, and it's called When We Pray. See you in the networks. Bye-bye. People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. Wonder if it's gonna always be this way. We will speak up for the captive, show some love and heal a past. Find the wounds we think will never go away. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 